0: Uh, back at it
1: we are back at it welcome back to another edition of the pistols firing podcast no games again this weekend unfortunately COVID-19 is somewhat uh, disturbing the college football season but we are going to forge ahead here joining me as always is Colby Powell Colby no football at all in the entire state you got OSU with their situations against Baylor you got Tulsa their game against Cincinnati also postponed. We got we have no football in the entire state of Oklahoma. It's so depressing.
0: Yeah, it's really depressing. And, you know, OU and Texas played last week for overtimes. They were already scheduled to have a bias. That's not as big a deal for them. But, you know, this second straight week without Oklahoma State football, Tulsa just cannot seem to get on the field. They've played Oklahoma State to a close finish, and they've beaten UCF. And they had a great chance on a national TV platform this weekend to get a significant kind of signature win against a ranked Cincinnati team. And that game gets canceled as well. So, I think I feel the most bad for Tulsa because I, I think they had a chance to make a statement.
1: And they're better than we thought, right? Like Absolutely. I mean, they, they actually had a legit chance, I, I would think, to beat Cincinnati. They're, and, look, I keep saying when people are talking about how great OSU is, I'm like, look, they, they played West Virginia, they played Kansas, and they played Tulsa. And that first series against Tulsa was a struggle. I mean, they had a ton of plays just to, just to get a field goal. But – I think we're starting to see now. I think Tulsa has some NFL talent on defense and they're, they're certainly better than we thought, but to your point, here's how, this is from Kelly Hines of the Tulsa world. Here's how Tulsa's 2020 is going versus Toledo canceled at Oklahoma state postponed verse versus Northwestern state canceled at Arkansas state canceled at number 11 UCF win versus number eight Cincinnati postponed. So they've played, literally two games one of which was postponed anyway they've played one game on time this year
0: yeah and that was the win against UCF which was a big win for Tulsa so I don't know obviously we knew coming into the season that there were going to be problems but we're getting to the point nationwide across the country where we're having postponements we're having games rescheduled and I I don't know we're we're going to run out of makeup dates at some point if teams don't get it together and and stop spreading COVID cases. I, I don't know how else to put it. At some point, we're not going to have enough make dates on the schedule. So um, then at that point, I guess it would come down to winning percentages to determine divisions and determine conferences. So it could still get a lot weirder between now and the end of the season.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be joined by the Tulsa World's Bill Haston. He's been all over this story, and he wrote a really good article just about the lack of success. Oklahoma State's had in Waco as well. So since there's no game, we're going to, to be joined by Bill here in just a few minutes and we'll discuss more about OSU and how Mike Gunney tried to him and Mike Holder tried to get a game scheduled. So we'll we'll learn more from from Bill here in just a second. But first let's hear from Chris University Spirit. Your one-stop Cowboy shop on campus corner. You can shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Get all your Cowboy gear, get your masks. I mean, you still got to wear a mask. Or you can go to football games. You might as well get one from from Chris's. They got the curse of cowboys and and everything else. So we we really appreciate Chris University Spirit being on the podcast again this year, and uh, we're we're fired up to have them on on board once again. Uh, Nick Saban, Colby came down with COVID nineteen. You know, we were cruising along here the first two, three, four weeks of the college football season. Now the SEC, I think four teams out of the fourteen have. Had to shut things down, and then all of a sudden, Nick Saban gets it. That was a, that was a wild story.
0: Yeah, Nick Saban prides himself on defense, but I mean, you had the old Miss situation last Saturday, and now he's gotten COVID. So I don't know, things aren't right in Tuscaloosa.
1: Well, and I guess there's a rule to where you're not allowed to coach a team remotely. Like you can't have like a communication device, be a walkie-talkie or headset, elsewhere. That's, I guess, a rule, NCAA rule, which I was unaware of. I thought, knowing Saban, I thought he was going to be, like, up on the Jumbotron via Zoom, like, shouting down orders, like uh, the Wizard of Oz or something. But, uh, oh, well, this is interesting. Desmond Howard just tweeted that uh, he believes Nick Saban will be on the field coaching tomorrow. Enjoy your Friday. How is that possible? uh, I would be stunned. Yeah, like – he tested positive for COVID-19, they're going to let him on the field and, like, yell at players up in their face? I, I don't, yeah,
0: I don't know. I see I the see tweet. That. I don't know. That feels much more speculative than reporting. I mean, it literally just says, I believe Nick Saban will be on the field coaching tomorrow. Yeah. So, I don't know that he's trying to necessarily report anything there, but.
1: I think we are joined now by uh, Bill Haston. Bill, are you there? I am. Hey, Colby.
2: How Go you on, doing, I'm Bill? Good.
1: Thanks for joining oh. us.
2: No, it's uh I've had a heck of a day so far. And and uh I what a day. I uh I had to go see a knee guy this morning, a different knee guy, and that was a trip. Uh <laughs> it was. Well, I so, know you've I know you've
1: had a lot of issues with that, and we, we we don't want to keep you too long. We know you got a busy day no, scheduled no, no. as well. No,
2: you know what I have? I had three hours of Pat Jones, is what I have. So <laughs> that's I a handful. It is. It, no, it, it's Fridays and Mondays are I, I do the the entirety of the show with Pat Fridays and Mondays and the two best days of the week for talk radio. So it's good.
1: Yeah, it's always good to hear from Pat. Pat's uh, very opinionated. Uh, it's been a busy week for Oklahoma State too, Bill, obviously the, the Baylor game getting postponed. And then uh, Mike Gundy breaking the news that they tried to schedule a, a new opponent, whether it's I guess they tried to start out with a big 12 team, I would I would assume that would be Iowa State since they were off and that's their next opponent. But they weren't able to get one scheduled what did you hear about that whole process and and how all that
2: went well not much i mean i i tried to go to the uh uh you know i did i i tried to get information from outside of the football department and, and i tried to get it from the athletic uh side of it and you know because you remember uh when washington state Fell off the schedule originally. There was all sorts of speculation about BYU and other possibilities, you know. And uh, I, I bet you Carson, if I talked with six different sources during that period, I got six different uh, types of information. So I don't know. Uh, I really don't have anything with regard to who who they might have tried to you know throw in as a as a substitute uh, uh, for for this Bader week. So I don't know. Uh, I, You know, I guess you could have done like Central Arkansas and Missouri State and played Tulsa again, just have a region match with Tulsa. (laughs) Uh, That is a damn shame Tulsa can't play. You know why? Because I think Tulsa can beat Cincinnati, which helps Oklahoma State. And I think think Tulsa is on the brink of being really good. Yeah, we were
0: talking about that before you joined us, Bill, about Tulsa kind of being the ones who are getting the most screwed. They just can't seem to get on the field. And this was kind of a big national spotlight for tulsa to prove that they had a pretty good football team this year which like you said would be good for oklahoma state
2: no doubt no and i think tulsa is pretty good uh they you know the, the way they when they got down to 18 at ucf i thought oh no and then but i had seen it before where they they really are a really good come from behind team and they grind and and they're really super committed to the run game and it no absolutely it the best thing tulsa can do now that they and OSU have this scheduling relationship that goes into the next uh, decade uh, is, you know, is to be good for each other because de- you, know, you want quality wins. And, and, and uh, if, if TU goes on and, and does what I think they're going to do, which is to be very, very competitive in the American, that just helps, so, that just helps OSU with their uh, quality of schedule. So yeah, it, I mean, I haven't done the research yet which I will try to knock that out before radio. But do either you guys know, in the history of Oklahoma, has there ever been a weekend when none of the three major college programs <laughs> played a game in October, ever?
1: I would hope not. Maybe I since the uh, the Spanish flu in 1918 would be my guess. Maybe. I, no, seriously,
2: that may be it, uh, Carson. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Well, Bill, I think I think Mike Gundy's done a tremendous job to this point, navigating really the the softest portion of their their Big Twelve schedule and keeping them keeping them up, managing the Spencer Sanders injury. There's been a lot going on all, before we even get into the offseason stuff that happened. How does he handle this, Bill? I mean, three straight weeks before that game on Saturday of practice. Practice stinks. It's uh, it's gonna be tough to keep his team engaged. He spoke a little bit about that this week and. Some ideas he may have, but isn't this a huge challenge for Mike Gunny to keep his
2: team kind of focused and engaged this long? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot harder to manage this than it is to manage the fatigue stuff and the uh, recovery from defeat. Uh, kind of a week. No, this is this is just unprecedented. And I don't I don't I'm sure it, uh, all these coaches have different methods or, or, you know, I don't know like if this week Mike decided to make it a really. Uh, a, physical uh midweek uh with with really not not necessarily tackling but more contact than you typically would see or if he just backed way off i mean we're we're coming up we're, we're at about 80 days 85 days whatever it's been since the start of camp and they've played three games and mm-hmm. and they've played three that you know aren't in a sense. well the kansas game was revealing to an extent uh The Tulsa game was revealing to an extent at the time. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know what Mike's approach is. If he backs way off gives these guys a little time, uh, probably, which is probably what I would do, and then get back into the adrenaline of a game week and then ratchet it back up physically and with conditioning. You better not let them fall behind in conditioning. I know that. That's the one area you can't take a step back because I've seen teams that clearly uh, – like OU in the when they got beat at home by K-State, there was no doubt in my mind that at a depleted K-State was the more uh better condition of those teams that day. No doubt in my mind. 84 degrees of Norman that day. Uh the second half, the OU guys looked, you know, gassed. The K-State guys did not. You better not let that's the one. I don't know if you if you if you want to hit much, if at all this week. or or during one of these cancellation weeks, but you better not take a step back on conditioning or it will come back to haunt you later.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up the conditioning because Oklahoma State's last game was against Kansas and most of the starters played two, maybe two and a half quarters. So really in the last month, Oklahoma State starters are going to have played about two two and a half quarters whenever they suit up against Iowa State next week and you would expect the game against a pretty good Iowa State team to be 60 minutes of physical football so I'll just be curious to know you know even the last time they stepped on the field I guess West Virginia they had to go four quarters and and really grind but against Kansas it was kind of a cakewalk kind of a, a glorified scrimmage if you will so I think that that maybe even more lends itself against Oklahoma state. And you you mentioned the temperature. I think something in the sixties next Saturday would really benefit Oklahoma state and Stillwater because they just, there's a difference between practice shape and game shape. I think it's just hard to be in game shape whenever you haven't really played four quarters in a month.
2: No, there's no question about it. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, football's so different from basketball. You can, you can, uh, you can, run all day long in practice but there's an adrenaline layer uh, that you have to consider when you're playing a game and adrenaline will fatigue you it it it, it just it, it's different i mean it's just like if, if carson cunningham can make 98 out of 100 free throws at practice try it in the fourth quarter of a game it's a different deal and so no i I just I, – I feel – you know what, though? I just interviewed a guy just, like, the last couple of days, spent some time with him, and, and again this morning, uh, Christian Littlehead, uh, former OSU guy, and he – you know what he talked about, Carson? You won't be surprised. He Rob talked Glass? a lot about Rob Glass. A lot. <laughs> so I just think Rob is such a, a, a renowned conditioning and strength guy that he will recognize – uh, you know, Gundy, Gundy won't make these decisions. I think these are Rob Glass decisions on, on how to keep these guys as close to, to game shape ready uh, as they can be during the, these weird disruptions in the schedule because I, I saw it firsthand in Norman. If, if, now, I'm not saying that's why OU lost. I mean, there were a lot of reasons why OU lost that day. But uh, if, uh, if you show up uh, next week and, and you're really, really obviously uh, – behind on conditioning, it'll cost you the game because I think Iowa State has figured stuff out now. I think they're going to be about what we thought they would be this year, and it's not going to be an easy out for OSU.
1: No doubt. And when Mike Gundy's career is over, there, no one's going to mention Rob Glass, but he has been integral to to Mike Gundy's success. It's been impressive they've been able uh, to keep him, Bill. But uh, impressive to me is this Shane Ellingworth, true freshman. I mean, he, he was in quarantine the week that he came in against – against Tulsa he, he really has impressed me with his arm talent now of course is Spencer Sanders healthy you're playing Spencer Sanders but is there a is there a scenario Bill where Sanders may struggle throwing the football some where they may with what they've seen with Ellingworth. do you think Mike Gundy and them have have enough confidence in him to put him in the game if, if things go south with with Sanders this year
2: well I think back to 15 and well, first of all I think Mike gundy obviously because if the three of us recognize it certainly gundy does that this is an opportunity season for for the program so uh, but you know there's on one side you gotta you got to kind of manage the egos of your quarterbacks and on the other side you got to say the great for the greater good I got to do what I got to do to get us uh, into Victory Lane so you know do you think Mason Rudolph liked that two quarterback system in fifteen? Carson, you know, know he did. Hell, no, he didn't. He hated it. But yet, was it not effective? It was really effective. I don't know that they'll come out with like uh, scripted packages that would include Illingworth. But I think Mike Gundy will be, if on an on an as needed basis or an if needed basis, if he has to go, if he has to make a switch. Uh, and I, you know, hypothetically, if if Sanders has a couple of turnovers, or if Sanders isn't moving quite as well as they would hope, I got to think he's okay on that ankle. But just what if, if if there's a couple of turnovers, if the offense just isn't, it just isn't functioning like Gundy wants to see? I think Mike will be a lot less. Uh, I don't think he would be hesitant at all to 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 go to the freshman now. If Ellingworth didn't have all these uh, game snaps under his belt now you probably ride Sanders longer, uh, than he would have. But, but I think now that you've gotten, you know, Saturday looks at Illingworth I've been blown away because I didn't think he would be ready. In fact, I thought the little bit, I saw him in the before the shutdown in the spring, I thought that he just didn't have the athleticism, uh, to extend plays at all. And if they weren't great up front, he would have no chance, uh, uh, because you know as, as you know Carson uh, blocking has been an issue for this program for years mm-hmm. and and then you see what you see on opening day and you think holy bleep again and then you know what though i think they've kind of gotten that figured out a little bit they're they seem to be happy with their personnel now after get after losing two starters during the summer what a year for gundy and then uh and and i know for a fact that gundy finally after this this crazy turnover at the O-line coaching position since 13, Wickline, Conley, Adkins, uh, Josh Henson, and then finally, Charlie Dickey. I think Mike Gundy, uh, I think Mike Gundy for the first time since the prime years with Wickline feels really, really good about that position group and the direction and the coaching. So, uh, so if you, if, if, if you're able to block it up and protect the kid uh, I think Mike Gundy in a pinch well I don't think he'd blink I think I think he would have a a, a Spencer Sanders uh, who got would get his feelings hurt but I think Mike Gundy this year with the the opportunity uh, if they look at the standings it's a great opportunity season for OSU and um, with Texas and OU having stumbled big time already so Um, No, I I think Mike Gundy will do whatever he's got to do to win a game, and if that includes uh, scripted involvement from Illingworth or as-needed involvement, I don't think Michael will hesitate. I think he'll go with the freshman.
0: Yeah, and Bill, I was wondering, I was wanting to talk a little defense, actually. Carson and I were talking last week, maybe the week before. I, I just feel like this Oklahoma State defense does not have a weak position group. And, you know, you always see defenses, especially at the collegiate level, you know, might have a good pass rush, secondary might not be so great, might be great on the back end, linebackers might not be able to hold up. I feel like all three levels of this Oklahoma State defense are equally as talented and equally as productive. And I know that we haven't seen them play against the best offenses in the league yet, but I think this has a chance to be one of the best defenses we've ever seen at Oklahoma State, do you think? that they can not necessarily keep up what they've been doing, holding teams under 10 points once they get into the meat of their schedule, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, all all these other teams that can score. But do you think that this is a team that can win games scoring in the upper 20s, low 30s against some of the better teams in this
2: conference? That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I do. Uh, I was talking with uh, a longtime guy over there the other day and, and he was reading off names to me, and we were remembering 10 years ago. Even 10 years ago, uh, they had a 238-pound defensive end from Arkansas, and I cannot remember his name, Carson, but on an occasional basis, because they were so thin on the defensive interior, they would have to slide that 238-pound kid inside and have him play at tackle uh, you know, for wow. a series down then. And uh, I can see that kid's face and just can't remember his name, but – um, they are legitimately with guys you can trust to play on Saturdays. This is, uh, the, I, I would say that, uh, uh, Jim Knowles has a legitimate two deep across the board. Now, you know, you know, there, some of the backups are better than others for sure, but you have guys you can trust to play and you don't have to shuffle guys like crazy. Uh, and, and I mean, Calvin Bundage is a great luxury. A, a tremendous luxury because you could, he, because of his versatility, his experience. And, and then, you, but you've got those more experienced guys, uh, you know, Eamon and, and uh, uh, Rodriguez, you know, who are just, they just show up every place that, but you're right, Colby. I mean, they're, they're really good at safety uh, as good as anybody in the conference at, with two safeties. Uh, they're, they're, uh, I'm still waiting for Trace Ford to just start, you know, raising hell in a big way, uh, because I think the sky's the limit for that guy. I think he's one of the eight, six or eight best defensive athletes in the conference. Uh, but, but you're right at all three levels, and, and including ex- at all three levels and from side to side, yeah, I, I would say that OSU, uh, from a personnel standpoint, probably. Stacks up better than than in any previous Gundy season. So they've got it going on on that side of the of the program finally. Because for so long, you're talking about winning games tw- with 28 or 30 points for so long. Uh, if they didn't just flat out score somebody, they didn't have a chance. So uh, I think you'll see fewer track meets. And and if you could screenshot the the stat sheet today defensively and have it look like that a month from now or six weeks from now, then you're talking about absolutely. Uh, maybe uh, for sure one of the better defenses since the mid '80s, and maybe you know you could even argue maybe the best if they can if they can stay at this level. And they seem excited about defense over there for the first time in a while. So um, that's there's a lot of value in and when you have that kind of self-esteem and 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 you feel like you know you can win a game not in spite of your defense but because of it, um, you know. You, remember, you guys remember the uh, the 08-Missouri uh, game? Just an unbelievable game. They couldn't stop anybody all year, and then they go to Missouri against a team that was on the brink of – because oh, OU got beat by Texas that day. Oh, uh, Missouri Mizzou was on the brink of being number one in the country with a, uh, an offense that had not had a three and out all year, and OSU's defense showed up and played beautifully and won the game for them that night. So <clears> – <throat> It won't shock me if OSU's defense wins a couple of these bigger games and may have to win – you know, they may have to win these games against K-State and Iowa State. They may have
1: to. Yeah, I think last year, the last six games, with the exception of OU, I think they held everyone below 30 points. I mean, that's, that's oh, kind of
2: what they can prove they can do. No, you're exactly right. The second half of the season was because they had those hiccups midseason and, uh, you know, Baylor scored – what, well, I think I figured uh, in a span, you know, when Baylor went crazy there in Stillwater and, and and just blew OSU out of the stadium, there was a span of like, I don't remember, just a handful of plays, maybe two dozen plays. And they averaged like 17 yards of snap over that span and just gashed OSU. And you just thought, well, these guys are done, you know? And, yeah. How's this going to work,
1: uh, Bill, with, with Baylor and this rescheduling? Like, is there a chance if OSU is playing in the big 12 championship game, they might just scrap the game or how's that going to play out? You oh, think?
2: No, if, if, uh, uh, yeah, if, if, if OSU has, huh, what a train wreck of a season. It, <laughs> it, oh, no, it is it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's Houston and it's Tulsa and it's OSU. And it's so many schools that are, that, and, and conferences are going to have to figure out weird tiebreakers or whatever. So, uh, no, if if OSU uh, were a qualified participant for the championship game and, and Baylor w- was out of the running, uh, I, they're not going. They're not going to play that game. Uh, so, you know, I would. I, I hate to see the, the discrepancies in the total of games played and the little Pac-12 schedule is a joke. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's, wait, is it seven games they're playing? The it's something like that. Do yeah, Pac-12 like, still play football. I I, I was confused. <laughs> you know, well they don't know if what they're doing until they ask the Big Ten, <laughs> yeah. you know, for permission or or guidance first. So, but I, no, I, I think you'll I think you'll see a, a game probably that won't be made up and it'd probably be Baylor, um, which you know, I mean that would have been a good uh, game for OSU to go down there because I think OSU was better. But OSU hasn't won in Waco in eleven years. They need to go down there and win a game, just just to get, you know, off of that, and and just to kind of reestablish order in that series because they're I think they're like two and six in their last eight against Baylor, which is crazy because in most years at worst the talent levels about equal, so they need to get back in the habit of beating Baylor.
0: Yeah, they just it seems like you know last year Spencer Sanders has one of his uh, couple of turnover games there in the middle of the season fourth quarter against Baylor first quarter against Texas tech where they just couldn't hold on to the ball. But Bill, give me kind of a, uh, before we wrap up today, kind of a big 12 hierarchy is, is Oklahoma state a clear cut number one is the only undefeated team at this point. Of course, you've still got Kansas state uh, and Iowa state undefeated in the conference. What's kind of your, you don't have to go all the way down to Kansas, but give me your top four or five in the big 12. Well, that you're really confident in at this point.
2: All right, Colby, as we, as we speak, I, I mean, I would have to say, uh, I mean, because I was at the I was in Norman to watch Kansas State, and then I watched uh, after YoU uh, Texas game. I watched uh, K State win it at Fort Worth, and I've had TCU all along as my dark horse in the conference, and you know, so TCU beats Texas in Austin the week before. TCU is at home. I'm thinking TCU is going to find a way. Duggan has finally kind of figured it out, and he's going to be. More consistently effective for those guys. And then K-State with a backup quarterback goes to Fort Worth and wins. So, I I mean, right now, just on the basis of, of quality wins, road wins, I don't know. I, I think K-State, in my mind, is clearly number one today. Today. But is uh, on paper, when I look at K-State and Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's a more talented team. Are you kidding? I mean, and, I mean, LD Brown uh, – Fortifies that backfield and that offense, and they got targets everywhere. Um, you've had this extended period for Spencer Sanders to get healthy and well. Uh, it's, I, 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 yeah, I would say OSU, K State's the more accomplished team so far, um, but uh, and and look out for Iowa State, and they they you know they feel good about themselves after beating OU, um, and Iowa State seems to have figured it out. They just. God, they should just not never play an opener, I guess, uh, ever. <laughs> Sandbaggers. Start... Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. But but I, 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 I think Chris – I wrote this last year when they hired Chris Kleiman. I said in five years a lot of, of this Power 5 super heavyweight programs are going to say, damn it, I wish we had hired Chris Kleiman and you know eventually somebody may i mean there's no guarantee he'll he'll have a bill snyder lifetime run at k-state but i think chris climbing is a superstar and so right now k-state with regard to uh, achievement osu with regard to roster and potential uh so yeah. You know, yeah chris for what it's worth as we speak that's where i would stand
1: yeah, Chris Kleiman's a menace. He's gonna <laughs> he, he's gonna win a lot of games in the Big Twelve. Bill, we've taken up plenty of your time. I really appreciate you. I've I've known you a long time. You were the best in the business in terms of a, a beat reporter. Now you're a columnist for the for the Tulsa World. I'm I'm happy for all your success and uh, thanks again for for joining us. We really appreciate. It. We know you're busy. No, listen.
2: I, thank, you, you, thank you, Colby. Listen, uh, Carson. You you uh, your idea or your uh, whatever, whichever one of you guys mentioned that. You know, we have no game this weekend. I'm serious now. That That's a little bit of research I'm going to knock out right quick. I bet you this may be the best first time since 1918. It's got to be. If even then that we haven't had a college football game involving somebody in this state. Might, uh, I have to go, I go back know. to the land run. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe never. I don't know. I'll find well, out. I'll, te- I'll text you the results of the research.
1: I appreciate that. We'll leave it to 2020 for that to happen this year. Oh, so yeah.
2: Thanks yeah. again, Bill.
1: We'll catch up soon. All right, Carson. Thank you, Colby.
0: Yep. Have a good weekend.
1: Bill Haston from the Tulsa world. Always good to catch up with, uh, with Bill. Colby, I mentioned to hear your, your power rankings. We got bills. Uh, how would you rank the, uh, the top four?
0: Yeah, it's – he makes a really strong case for Kansas State, and I agree on um, today you would have to have him number one. I, I don't think that that's sustainable now with Skylar Thompson gone. I really don't. Um, I don't think that they can beat some of the better teams in this conference moving forward without him because um, I'm not very high on TCU at the moment. It's a good win to go to Fort Worth and get that win. I just – I'm not real high on TCU. I think that they uh, – They lost to Iowa State. They lost to Kansas State, both at home. They should have lost to Texas. It was a goofy fumble at the half-yard line. Uh, So they should actually, I think, be 0-3 in conference. So I would probably go Kansas State 1 for now, but I think that will be changing soon. And then I would go Oklahoma State, Iowa State after those two. And then really behind Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, you probably go OU 4, Texas 5, just because there aren't really other teams in this conference that I think are talented enough to – make their way into the 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 top five of the power rankings but OU and Texas at one and two in conference probably don't necessarily deserve to be that high but there's nobody there to take it from them
1: yeah I I I tend to agree with you Kansas State's resume is impeccable obviously winning in Norman winning in Fort Worth without their quarterback obviously they've they've proven a lot at this point but I'm putting Iowa State one because I tend to rank these more on potential and just who I think the best overall team is and there's just too much playmaking on Iowa State's offense to go with their really good defense with Brees Hall and Charlie Kolar Brock Purdy likes to throw it to the other team but uh, with those two playmakers at running back and tight end I, I I don't I don't I'm with Bill I don't know what it is about them and openers and non-conference games I mean that for about a decade, it feels like they haven't been able to beat Iowa, but now they can't even beat the Raging Cajuns. So I don't I don't know what's happening out there in Ames, but I would probably rank Iowa State one. I think they're a real problem in this league with their combination of defense and offense. And I'd, I'd put K-State two based on what they've done, but I'm with you. I mean, no Skyler Thompson is a, is a death knell, I think. I mean, if Chris Kleiman can make it to Jerry World with a, with a true freshman quarterback, well, then one of these other big programs is going to come very soon. I know he signed a contract extension, but – that's just legalese. Guys can leave anytime they want. And I'll go OSU three. I'll go OU four, Colby. And I think one thing that is going to be happening for Oklahoma is they're going to get better. They're going to have better talent because they have these suspensions uh, with their – I think three of the best players on their on their entire roster with, with Ronnie Perkins, Trajan Bridges, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Jaden Hazelwood might be the best player on their roster. He's hurt. OU is going to get some reinforcements here so I I think if you're OSU you wish you were playing them next week (laughs) rather than in late November so I think I think Oklahoma's poised to make a a better run with with better talent and they're getting that offensive lineman from UCLA too they just got guys coming out of the woodwork
0: yeah the Chris Murray I think is his name yeah he's going to get better as the season goes along Uh, Oklahoma State is not going to see the same OU team that Kansas state and Iowa state saw. So I do think it was a benefit for those teams to get OU early in the season before they get everybody back. And I don't think it's out of the question that OU could run the table and end the season with two conference losses. Now, Iowa state, Kansas state and Oklahoma state are still kind of ahead of the game right now. Now, I mean, really, I'm sure some Oklahoma state fans probably think that as the only actual undefeated team since Iowa state and Kansas state did lose in the non-con that OSU should be number one right now in the big 12. They just, because of the way the schedule has played out, we haven't seen them against good teams. Iowa State and Kansas State have both beaten Oklahoma. So I'm really curious to see next week when we preview the OSU-Iowa State game, I'm curious to see your predictions after your praise for Iowa State uh, and them being a problem in the Big 12. Next week will be a lot of fun, assuming that we actually get to play a football game.
1: Well, the game's in Stillwater. And I, I know OSU hasn't had that. I mean, they they won in names last year. uh, I think Gundy's like four and one against Matt Campbell, which, you know, Matt Campbell gets just drooled over all over the, the country and certainly in, in Big 12. But, you know, another case of Gundy not getting enough respect because he's kind of had Matt Campbell's number. So I'm probably leaning towards OSU because the game's in Stillwater, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Iowa State would go in there and win. I mean, they're they're a really good team. And, I, I again, I didn't watch that game against Louisiana. I don't know what happened. But you watched them against OU, they were not outmatched talent-wise, especially on defense. They were so good defensively uh, to hold OU the way they did. So it's going to be a fun game. Uh, before we get out of here, Colby, i got to talk some basketball. Mike Boynton holding uh, practice on Wednesday virtually. Everyone could tune in and watch. And it's really kind of brilliant for, for Boynton. It's a way for NBA scouts to come watch practice without having to go to Stillwater and, and be there in Gallagher-Iba. So. And it's also strange, too, Colby, I don't ever recall a team opening practice and they don't know if they're going to be able to play for a national championship or not because yes, they did receive a postseason ban, but as Boynton has said, the appeal is taking longer than expected. They have no idea when the appeal will be revealed or heard. So they're, they're literally practicing with the number one player in the country, not knowing if they're going to play for a national championship this year. Totally bizarre.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really weird. And you know, they said a bunch of scouts were going to be at practice the other day, but I don't know. The timeline that I thought that we were going to have, I thought that this thing was going to be settled in September. The NCAA is notorious for dragging its feet. I don't know when this is going to come down, but, man, they really need to get something out before the season. They really need to just let the team know. If you're telling them they can't play for a national title, okay, we're all going to think it's BS. We're going to think it's crap. We're going to rip you, but at least let everybody know before the season starts so they don't have to go into the season not knowing with just complete uncertainty i i don't think that that's fair to anybody i I don't think the suspension obviously is fair at oklahoma state and the guys who are there now but i definitely don't think just leaving them in limbo is fair so we'll we'll see what the ncaa decides to do but to say that i have faith uh in the ncaa uh no not even a little bit
1: not even a little bit i mean especially when it comes to osu just go back to the the des bryant situation and i'm sure there's others i'm forgetting off the top of my head but It was curious though. I've I've never seen the NCAA come down a program and virtually every single national college basketball analyst come out and say it was wrong, which they did about OSU's sanctions. Every single one. Which is just which is just amazing, and just shows you how much they got screwed. And you got LSU LSU's head coaches coaches paying players and paying recruits and all this other stuff. So hopefully the NCAA does the right thing, Colby. But I'm with you. I. I have little faith, which is the most 2020 slash OSU thing imaginable. But it's fun watching Cade Cunningham. It's going to be blasts regardless if they're able to or not. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch them in the Big 12. Uh, Colby, do you have a best bet of the weekend? I, I have a best bet of the weekend. I'm kind of surprising you with this. Uh, we'll start doing this on Fridays as well. Uh, okay. My, me what's that?
0: Give me yours first while I pull mine up and make sure it's the one I want to go with.
1: Okay. Uh, It's a very easy line of thinking. You just get up on Google and say, you just type in Kansas Jayhawk football schedule and you go Uh to who they're playing this week and you bet on the other team. I'll take uh, West Virginia minus the 22. I think you can probably make money every single week just betting against Kansas because they're non-competitive. I think Bixby could give them trouble if they played a game. And uh, I... I like the Mountaineers, which ironically, this is the most 2020 thing too, Colby. <laughs> the big noon game on Fox is West Virginia, Kansas. I'm not sure how that happened, what game got moved or canceled or postponed, but for some reason, Kansas is getting big noon. Like Urban Meyer and Rob Stone and Matt Leiner and all them are going to toss from the booth to, or the studio to to uh, Morgantown for, for Kansas, West Virginia. That's pretty hilarious.
0: Yeah. That is such a disaster that we're getting big noon for Kansas and West Virginia. It really <laughs> it makes me not want to watch any football all weekend. Just the fact that that <laughs> game is getting such a big stage. Um, I mean, there's actually, there's some decent games this weekend, Texas a and at Mississippi state this weekend, uh, North Carolina and Florida state, your Seminoles, not having a great season. Uh, to this. Georgia and Bama. You watching Georgia and Bama Saturday, seven o'clock.
1: Absolutely. You know, OSU, Baylor was supposed to go head-to-head with that, which would have been a, a ratings disaster. So now I, my schedule's clear. I can I can watch it from start to finish for once. I I kind of like Georgia. It just seems too easy, though, with the points and Saban dealing with his issues. It kind of feels like a Bama blowout, doesn't it?
0: Uh, man, I, I don't know. I think it feels close. I think Georgia is playing some pretty good defense. I think that's a stay-away game for me. The line on that's four-and-a-half right now. I'm going to go with a letdown game. For the number one team in the country, they had the big primetime game against Miami last week, and now Clemson has to get up early in the morning for an 11 o'clock kick, I guess noon kick on the East Coast, against just not a very good Georgia Tech team. They're 27-point favorites, and I just, they're going to beat Georgia Tech. I don't don't think the Yellow Jackets are going to win this game, but can they keep it within 27 when Clemson doesn't care? You know, once or twice a year, we see Clemson come out in a game that they don't care at all and they end up winning it by three, maybe seven points. Um, And I feel like this could be that game. So while this could backfire on me and Clemson could win by 60, I'm going to take Georgia Tech plus the 27 as my best bet of the weekend in college football.
1: I kind of like that. You know, it is a great spot coming off the primetime game against Miami. They were fired up for that. They proved a point. It's very tough to get up for an 11 a.m. game against Georgia Tech. So I think that I think you're right about that. Now, I, I would be scared in the second half with those creatures that Clemson throws out there that yes. might just score every time they have the ball just because they're because Dabo Swinney's recruited a bunch of monsters. But uh, I think it's a good spot. I like that pick as well. So Colby, no football again this weekend. We are supposed to have a game next week and hopefully Oklahoma State and Iowa State does happen at uh, 2.30 there in Stillwater and we're, we're doing our best to deal with this, and we appreciate everyone listening. It's been a fun year so far. Uh, Oklahoma stays undefeated. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. Colby, we'll uh, we'll get back with you on on Monday.
0: Yeah, everybody, go watch Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland, and Ricky Fowler this weekend, since we don't have football.
1: Yeah, Swing and Pete will be uh, getting all all the coverage this weekend. We
0: Taylor Gooch too. Taylor Gooch t fourteen through round one. A lot of cowboys out in Vegas this week.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Thanks, Colby. We'll uh, we'll catch up next week.
0: Have a good weekend.